0: We take a look at Auburn's defensive line on this live edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Yes, sir. What's up, Auburn fans? I hope everybody's having a good week. We are live, baby, Tuesday night. Blake is feeling it. I know that he's doing the same thing I'm doing. Auburn leading UAB right now 3 to 1. Our boy Cooper McMurray up to bat. Uh we know a lot of y'all will be dropping the baseball updates throughout the chat and you know we got the game going as well. Y'all already know that. Here to talk some defensive line tonight though, Blake. It kind of uh snuck up on us today. I said I realized damn while listening to the Charlie 5 episode and we start spring practice next week. So, we're right on target here with our spring preview series, man. How you doing tonight, brother?
1: I'm doing great. Auburn's up 3-1 to one in baseball, and like you said, Coop, he's up to the plate right now, and Ike Irish just hit a nuke off the batter's oh, eye. And, uh, I'm I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm excited. Anytime we get to talk Auburn football, I'm excited. Look, sp- spring practice starts in a week, folks, so it feels like, hey, it's so far away, but it's really not. We're here. We've made it. I mean, I love it. So, it feels like, hey, 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 a day,
0: uh, hey, I know I'm trying to share us out on Twitter, so do us a favor, man. Share us out on Twitter. I'm trying to hit that link real quick and share this thing. Thought I had the volume on, uh, on no, you're low. good,
1: it just ran through my
0: ears. But right. uh, is that me? It's like before we started recording, uh, that oh, yeah, tell the people, yeah. man, Blake almost yeah, that... died, but Blake almost got ate <laughs> by Dragonfly or something. It
1: was it was rough, but <laughs> look, A day is is approaching quick, you know, you, you get these practices in here. And uh, you got to be excited about year two for Auburn football. And we got a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, like I was uh, trying to do, I apologize if I got loud in y'all's ear for a second. Share the link out on social media, man. Hit the like button. Uh, hit that subscribe button if you have not. Um, let's get in here and take a look at it, though, Blake. Look, we're losing. Um, I mean, Marcus Harris, I think it's safe to say last year that Marcus Harris was the best and most cons- consistent defensive lineman over the course of the season um and obviously he's going pro and then another guy that was was productive and at the very least just from a body count justin rogers deciding to go pro all of a sudden i think you look in that middle and you're looking kind of thin you didn't really get a whole lot of production from the edge rushers last year that's why Bon Roberts kind of had to simulate pressure, do a lot of things with pressure. We saw him bring in Donovan Kaufman at times. We saw him doing the, the same things with Keontae Scott. Once Kaufman got hurt and we started battling the injury bug. So really just have to do a lot of different things. And then the play that's going to stand out forever from last year is the fourth and 31, right? I think that a lot of that, yes, it's the coaching. I'm with you on the side of like, you should have, you should have, the decision should have been to bring pressure, but that and, and look at the third downs throughout the year. You just you got beat on third and long a lot because you didn't have guys to get after the pass run, you know, right? Um, you bring in a guy like Keldrick Falk, who just continued to grow so much that you kind of had to move him. He came in as an edge rusher, you kind of had to move him inside. So as we look at this uh this defensive line class or this room as we come into the spring, Blake. Just what are your overall thoughts on where we stand? Or, uh, kind of what are some of your concerns? And who are some guys that you feel like, all right, man, you need to step up because, you know, that portal might be a thing if you, if you don't.
1: Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Losing Marcus Harris and talking to him at the Senior Bowl, it hurts. It hurts. and and But he had great things to say about the future of the program. Uh, he had great things to say about the coaching staff. He had great things to say about players uh, that are still there. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think Jason Jones is do or die. I think uh, it's time for you to step up and become the player that uh, we've been wanting you to become. Uh, Gage Keys, a transfer portal edition. Uh, I think Carter Trill, uh, or what is it? Trill Carter. Uh, you got to, you got to you got to step up. All right, we we went to the portal for a reason. And so there's there's a big concern of me for me to stopping the run, but also we got to get pressure. And we got to get back to the days of Auburn football uh like like Jeffrey Holland, you know, and and just being on third down to pin your ears back and go get the quarterback, you know, and giving up 4 and 5 yards to carry, that's not Auburn football. So you know, we we lose our D-line coach. We promote one, and obviously he's on the recruiting trail. The players love him. I think it was a, a solid hire. I think these players are going to respond to him. I still think Auburn has a chance to go into the portal and get a couple more. I don't think Auburn's done on D-line. I, I do not. I, I think after A-day – you're, you're going to see some action in that second portal window, Dustin.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to have to because I don't want to not gauge Keys or Trill Carter, but like Trill Carter was a rotation piece at Texas, right? And he's a guy that yeah. has been playing college football for a long time. So it's fair to think that he's going to come to Auburn and be a rotation piece at Auburn. And we need those because we saw last year with, you know, a couple of those guys like Nasite and um, – and uh, what was the other guy uh from Purdue? Our uh, Lawrence, right? We saw some guys that they came in and they were productive. Some guys that weren't necessarily super hype when they came in, but we've seen you need them. I, I can't. I, his name escapes me. The guy from Memphis a couple years ago. We've seen guys come in and, and be that guy. You definitely need depth. You definitely have got to play more than one. You know, you gotta be more than one two deep. On the D line, we've seen it hurt us, especially over the course of a 12 game season in the SEC. Um, when Jalen McLeod started battling injuries last year, Blake, we stopped really getting pressure off the edge. You see his stats right there coming across the bottom of the screen 48 tackles, 5.5 sacks, 10 and a half tackles for loss, and that was in limited playing time. So, and we saw him at his peak. We saw him at his peak down at App State in that game versus Texas A&M. So we know what the potential is there for him. He just got to stay healthy, man. And then there's going to be some guys, Blake, they got to step up. Uh, A guy like Daron Reed goes by DJ. DJ Reed, a big-time commitment that we got, was a true freshman last year, battled some injury stuff throughout the season. And then it's hard for a defensive lineman to come in as a true freshman. What Keldrick Falk did is pretty unique come in, and from day one, work yourself into a starting role. You just really got to be an NFL caliber, a dog to do that. And another guy that we've heard a lot about is Brenton Williams, the um the edge rusher out of Opelika. These, these are some guys, but they got to step up and we got to get some production. And then I'm with you on the portal as well. I think that you're going to go into the portal, and I think you got to get two guys. And they, they don't have to be studs. I would like to see at least, like, um, a Justin Rogers-level type guy. But you got to go get some dogs, dude. You got to go get some guys that can at least play in the SEC, get you reps. Because that's my concern right now is just depth in the middle. Just the depth up front. Like you said, it's do or die for Jason Jones. Got to be. Jason Jones, you, now's the time, man. He had 19 total tackles last year, Blake. He had 11 and then uh, by himself and then nine assisted.
1: Yeah, we need more.
0: got to no, need more. No sacks, no tackles for loss. That's a big old boy. You got to be in that backfield disrupting it. Now, the good thing about Jason Jones is, like we're going to talk, well, like we've talked about, is that in every room there's got to be leaders. So he brings that, and I don't want to take that away from him. A guy that's going to hold guys accountable and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you lost a big leader in that room in Marcus Harris. But I agree with you in the portal. And then there were just there's some young guys that are going to be called upon. Is it TJ Lindsay? Is it Malik Blockton? Um on the edge. I think that between the freshmen that are coming in and Joe Phillips and Jamonte Waller, I think just looking at the size, Joe Phillips at 6'2, 240, it's kind of more sec ready, just an athletic specimen. But that's mm-hmm. another thing I'm excited to see in the spring is kind of where all that falls and who gets out there at a day and, you know, um, who's kind of getting reps, who's lined up where. So it's going to be fun to see, man. And it's one of them things too, Blake, where there's not a whole lot of positions on this D line that are locked in. Like if you you can't just make a depth chart right now and say okay this guy this guy like there's a lot up for grabs so this spring's gonna be important for a lot of guys in that room.
1: Yeah, I think one person that you can look at is Keldrick, and that's about it. I mean, he he's he's a freak of nature. I, I think this is the one room that we're most worried about because I think you look everywhere else well quarterback i see over in the chat it's 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 all quarterback but when when i'm talking about when i look at when i look at the game what decides football games and it's in the trenches and the one area that i'm most concerned is d line right now because losing marcus harrison the guy that was just you're mr do it all you're run stopper you're you're got to get after the quarterback you lose him and people are looking around and like you mentioned dustin depth guys are going to get hurt and so who's going to step up you're going to you're going to be young you're going to have to have a freshman step up like you mentioned so um you know we're just thin and that's why i think the portal after a day is going to have to be a big a big issue i think we're gonna have to go in there and get guys because we need them we need them and we've got a couple but like you said they're just rotation pieces and you know i mean they're they're veterans but i don't know i don't know like the numbers aren't there like the numbers don't really pop so it's hard for me to you know like everybody wants to do they say oh that, that that's him that's him. That's the guy. You know, I want to see it first. So uh, I I think I think they're great players, but I want to see it first. So
0: there's there's a lot of unknown all the way up to the coach, right? Like there's a lot of potential when you look at these young guys coming in. And you say, "Okay, in a couple of years, like I think Malik will be that guy. I mm-hmm. think TJ Lindsay'll be that guy. I think that DJ Reed can contribute this year. How much will he be able to contribute? He's still going to be a redshirt freshman, right? Yep. So um, I think, you know, Keldrick Fox obviously like the best player on that D-line coming in this year. Jalen McLeod, the best player at edge. So these for these other guys, there's just a lot of unknown. You have a, a coach who's going to be coaching a room at this level for the first time. Yep. There's just a lot of unknown, man. Like can, can King Vaughn recruit? We've seen that. Now the question is, can he develop? Yep. That we haven't seen. Hugh thinks he can, or Hugh wouldn't have hired him to be in this position. Hugh Great. sees him every day, so I'm going to trust Hugh on that. But it's still an unknown. And all these names that we're talking about are still an unknown. It would be nice if if there was a pretty experienced guy that for some reason had something happen that came available in the portal. But that's the problem, Blake. And that's one of the reasons why... We really, when we talk about expectations coming into next season, you have to put them at a fair point because do you really think that in the next portal window, a guy's going to come available on defensive line that you can plug into Auburn and can start? Like, do you think an SEC caliber defensive lineman is going to come available that's going to make a big difference for Auburn? That's really rare. If a couple of those guys come open in the portal, every single school in the country will be after them like you just it's an uphill battle at this point i think you might add a guy or two but i don't know if they're going to be a whole lot more than shrill carter and Gage keys
1: <laughs> because usually in that second portal window means a guy lost his job in the spring Exactly. so you're right uh it, it means a guy's looking at not a lot of playing time at the school he's at, and he's looking for a thin roster, a thin room where he can go in and insert himself and say, okay, well, I can get reps here. Very, very seldom do you see a guy jump into the portal that's a starter somewhere, maybe unless he comes from G5 or something like that, you know. But still, an SEC guy, you know, it, it's it's slim pickings. So.
0: You know not need to step up as a Walker.
1: That, that's a good one. That's
0: I mean, like, one. this is your time, right? You flirted with the portal. We've heard <sighs> all kinds of different things about why you weren't getting playing time. There's been injuries. There's been other stuff, this, that, and the other, like highly tied to recruit the talents there, the abilities there. Let's see it. Let's see it. Cause there's nothing in his way. Now there's nothing in Walker's way. Now this should be the spring where I want to hear, Hey man, Zacovius Walker's taking a jump. You see it, you know, 21 tackles last year, three tackles for loss and two sacks. Shows some flashes, but come on, man, and like and fulfill that potential. I want to see him get up there around, you know, the five sack range, 12 tackles for loss, and be a disruptive force. It doesn't, there doesn't have to be a guy on this defensive line, Blake, that just balls out and has crazy numbers. I think the obvious candidate for most productive next year is going to be Keldrick Falk. But – and Jalen McLeod, if he can stay healthy from a tackles for loss of sack standpoint. But can they do it by committee? Can enough guys give enough production to where the overall product is good enough? Because it's just not going to be – let me ask you this. Is it – it's the title of the episode. Of all the position rooms on all team right now, is it the one – and I know we just did quarterback, but is it the the one where you have – Quarterback's a little bit different, right? Because it's one position. The room as a whole is this the one where you have the biggest, like, the most question marks?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's I, like I've always said. I'm not worried about the secondary at Auburn. I know we're gonna be we're gonna be great. I, I'm not worried with DJ Durkin coming in. I'm really not worried with linebackers with Josh Aldridge moving uh, moving to that edge, that Jack position. I, I really like that move. I think that's going to play a big part. Uh, I think you're really going to see Jalen get off and 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 get after it. And uh, you know, I think I think you're going to see. I, I, man, it's tough. It's tough because I I want to sit here and say I think you're going to see guys go off and and step up, but. You know, i sat here and i made i made predictions preseason predictions last year that we would stop the run and we would we would stay under you know what was it three what was it 3.8 yards a, a carry i said that we would yeah. stay under and that was the orange and blue goggles and uh we're, we're just thin up front and we gotta we gotta beef it up dustin we gotta have like I, I see over in the uh, I see over in the comments. I think it was Blake. Uh, he was saying that there's going to be have to going to be uh, some freshmen have to step up. There it is. So I agree with that, and I like every point that you have brought up. Uh, you know, Joseph Phillips, uh, you know, uh, Waller, all these cats that we brought in. Uh, we've got to get them on the field because they're the future, Dustin. They're the future.
0: Yeah, and. You just don't have a whole lot of other options. It's going to have to be those guys. They're going to have to get reps. I don't think a whole lot of them are going to be able to redshirt. And I think that the fact that Hugh didn't really attack the portal that hard kind of tells you he's okay with it. And I made this point a couple times already, but if I look up eight, nine games into the season and there's a whole bunch of these blue chips out there getting their reps, and maybe they're making some mistakes, but they're showing flashes and you see the potential, then I can live with it. Because I just understand the position that we're in, that teams like Alabama, teams like Georgia, they've recruited the hell out of the defensive line for a long time. They've stacked that room, class on top of class, on top of class, on top of class. I love the defensive line class that we just brought in, but it's the first one we've got like that in a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I love the guys that are committed in 25. But you got to stack them up, and guess what? It's gonna take them a year or two to be ready, and that's just the way it works. Like, I hate it. That's just a reality of where Auburn is, and I, I've, I've, scr- I've screamed it from the mountaintops. Right. The biggest problem and that's faced Auburn, and was why it's going to take Auburn some time, why this rebuild is not going to be as quick as we all want it to be, is because of just how bad the last two coaches before Hugh recruited the line of scrimmage. Gus started, Gus started neglecting offensive line back around 2018. And it's just now getting back right. And then, unfortunately, in Hugh's first year, you have one of the thinnest offensive line classes in the South that you've had in 20 years. So it's like, man, I mean, there's not a whole lot to pick from here. So you got to go out to California and fight off everybody for a guy like DeAndre Carter, right? Um, You just really had to kind of mix and match and find some things. Now, I love the addition of Percy Lewis, you know, so you really had to do some things to get that offensive line. It's the same thing on D-line. Pass rushers are a premium. There's just not a lot of them that are going to come open in the portal. If there's a a pass rusher that can do his job at the school he's at, he's probably getting paid pretty well. He knows he's going to get the reps, so he's happy in his position. He doesn't – there's no reason for him to come down to a school that's had three losing seasons in a row. And that's just the reality. That's just the reality. I hate it. But we're at that point, and we're just going to have to build it up, dude. And I agree with everything that you're saying, Blake. Um, Blake Patterson here with our freshman Our freshman needs to step up. They're going to be called upon, man, a lot of them. Like, a lot of them are. And last year, a guy like Kildrick Fault answered the bell. And so how many of those guys this year are ready to do it? And then there's the coaching aspect of this, too. Can King Von get them boys ready to step up? I wanted to get over here, Blake, and holler at the people. My guy Brad says, I call it third and Auburn. It definitely got that way last year. Man, it got to the point to where I felt like the opposing team should just kneel the ball down on first and second down. Because you you were better you were better we I felt more comfortable on us stopping third and three than third and thirteen last year.
1: I it, uh, what was it New Mexico State when it kind of felt like the, oh, you baby. know the the tide was turning a little bit and we we get a stop in the red zone and it's third and thirteen and <laughs> we bring the house and pop tight end right over the middle totter and you're just it's yeah. mm. tough. Tim
0: Toolman Tyler what's up baby. Glad to see you in here tonight. He says, "Here come the speculations from the 30 second media viewing windows." Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of analytical breakdowns of warm ups and all kind of stuff going on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Blake boy. Patterson asks, "Is Auburn playing UAB in baseball right now? Who is winning?" I thought I saw somewhere today we're playing UAB. It is the bottom of the fourth. Auburn is up three to one on the uab blazers uh our guy chris causey getting in the conversation saying what's up what's up chris we appreciate you being here tonight martin says need some 300 pounders on that d line yep you damn right martin you got to get them boys especially on the line of scrimmage that when they when they get off the bus they pass the test
1: yeah i miss the nick fairleys and the derrick Browns. Mm. i miss those
0: when i uh you know, when I was looking for the thumbnail today, like, for what I was going to use for the thumbnail, I originally Googled picture of – uh, I, I just put Auburn defensive line. Yeah. And it was a bunch of pictures popping up of Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown standing next oh. to each other. And it's just like, dude, just, just straight mammoths, bro. Like – so just some straight dogs. Uh Tim says the way that Bama's coaching staff is coming together, we might be able to get one of theirs. <laughs> isn't the uh the SEC thing in there like a rule now where you can't yeah. transfer to an SEC school at this point? Some kind of window. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't.
1: Uh you, you you gotta sit a
0: year. Yeah, so we ain't getting nobody from Bama, Tim. We did get uh we did get that DB though. Anonymous popping and saying Marlon. Day. Yeah, Marlon was that dude, bro. You had him over there. Uh, paired next with Derrick Brown. Good times. If only we had an offense, Anonymous. Brad says, you guys planning on attending the spring game? We'd we'll love to meet y'all. If so, absolutely, man. I, I go to A-Day every year, weather pending. So, I woke, up <laughs> la- I, I woke up last year, and there was a monsoon going on in Auburn. So, no, nah, I wasn't going to go to that one. Um If the weather's good enough to have that baseball game, Yes, sir. They're playing uh, – Tennessee will be in town that weekend for baseball. So, I'll definitely be up there probably all weekend, definitely Friday and Saturday. Definitely will be at A-Day and definitely will be at the Tennessee game. Like I said, as long as that sun shines out, baby. That's a fact. I will be there as well. Yeah. Our boy Brett. What's up, Brett? Appreciate you, brother. He says he's planning on being there. For sure, man. Um, A lot of people during the season – Uh, I met a lot of y'all at Tiger Walk. So, I'll probably be standing somewhere up uh, near the entrance of Tiger Walk. So, just come up find me holler at me and uh we'll definitely chop it up man I'd love to do that right saying let's go yeah for sure man like I said just come holler at me at tiger Walk, man, or DM me on Twitter or whatever and uh we'll definitely meet up go find me at the baseball game it's gonna be a good weekend I hope we get to have it this year and I want to see uh I want to see a full four quarter spring game Blake am I asking for too much
1: no nah, I want to see the same because yeah. we got robbed last year and I think it kind of it kind of gave a little false hope to the fan base, you know, because we didn't throw it that much. And, yeah. and so, you know, everybody was like, okay, well, you know, we can throw the football and and PT's going to be okay. Maybe we, we maybe we would have seen something a little different if we did throw it in the 8 Day game last year, you know. I mean, who knows? I just want to see dry weather this year so we can see the full display put on and uh, it ain't where we're skipping a whole quarter like we had to last
0: year. You pay all that money for that fancy indoor facility. <laughs> and, and then you can't play on a spring game because you're out there in that storm, bro. Yeah, that was, that was tough, Blake. Who, um, let me ask you this, because it's been the spring game. Our guy, I listened to Charlie Five today on Top Button, and he mm-hmm. kind of talks about how much uh, just the spring games have been lacking these last couple of years. What is your thoughts on that? Like, do you want to see the ones versus twos? You like you a know, ones versus ones kind of guy? You want to see it structured as a I th- was it two years ago where they put um they put like a score up on the like a, a score and then it was trying to hold the team off from getting to that other score or do you just like one versus ones put that thing at zero and make it as much as a football game?
1: One v one, make it as much of a football game as possible, and let's see dogs versus dogs eat. That's what I want to see. Uh, You know, the way college football is headed, you're probably going to start seeing uh, spring games against G5 teams. Uh, I just feel feel like spring games are headed to shells only, Uh, not even full pads like that. It just feels like that's the route that we're going, is just get super soft on me and uh, just limit (laughs) tackling. Uh, I'm I'm serious. It's just – it's, it's soft man but i'm a, i'm a i'm a i'm a one-on-one let's run the ones out there let's
0: best on best that's what I'm about so tim says don't keep me out of the chat but i liked harson's format listen I hear you not every single thing harson did was bad okay right. at the end of the day you know um the coordinator hires killed him um not go to like events you need to be at. And then obviously the lack of recruiting. But yeah, um, I wasn't, you know, some of that stuff, man, like some of his his thoughts on competing and competition, the eight format. I hear you on that. You know, our guy Mike G talked to Jason Campbell a couple weeks ago on the AU mix, and Jason Campbell was talking about how during the middle of the 04 season, they were like eight, nine and oh, and they were running full contact goal line drills, you know, during yeah. practice.
1: You don't see that no more.
0: <laughs> it is like, bro, and you hear a lot of these, uh, you hear a guy like Tom Brady, a guy like Aaron Rodgers that played through the transition of football, and they talk about how this version of football is watered down. They're not they're not doing the old man get off my lawn spill, man. The truth of the matter is there was a time when a quarterback understood, hey, if I'm throwing that ball across that middle. My receiver might be in some trouble, dude. I might yeah. I mean you you think back to the Auburn Georgia game in 04, right? Like there was a murder on the field. Now, I'm not saying that maybe like that hit probably should be a flag nowadays. So I'm not saying that you should just be able to rock a kid in the head. But the point I'm making, dude, is like it's just got to a point now, bro, where it's goes it's gone so far the other way. And when I look when I heard Jason saying that. I was like, man, that's probably one of the quality of football has gone down. They're not tackling in practice.
1: We had a big problem with that out on the out on the corner. I, mm-hmm. Look, DJ was a great player, great cover corner, but my buddy couldn't tackle out in space. He couldn't, uh, and you know, that's just like Dustin said. I think that's from lack of getting getting in pads and and practicing full go practicing. Now it's it shells, uh, you know, it's, it's soft. It's soft. Let's be honest. It's, it's soft. And I hate it. I hate where it's going to and, and all of that. But one thing I will say about Junior Rose Green, uh, that man was talking about his grandmama. So when you do that, <laughs> when you do that, Junior said that <laughs> – Junior said he told me that the whole week leading up to the game, that the word out of the Georgia camp was they were talking trash about Junior's grandmama and his family and Junior said he had a lot of stuff going on at the time and he he was he was just reeling you know and and he yeah. wasn't even in the mood for football and he said so when I walked out there on that field he said it was it was on him and he said I, I was trying to Literally run through him. And I said, Well, I think you accomplished it, brother. Like I, I think you did it. You know, uh you you brought uh you brought the whole stadium to complete silence. <laughs> and even one sitting at home, even one sitting at home, complete silence.
0: Hell of a yeah. hit. Yeah, that one we'll never forget that one. Uh Tim says, I never knew that, Blake. Okay, you know what? I think I'll allow it. Yeah, you can't talk about the grandmama, bro.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hey, and you know what? You know what? In uh, another thing in today's game is he's probably suspended for four weeks because mm-hmm. of that hit. Uh, and and I get it, I get it. You know, but but like Smoke Monday, Smoke Monday w- was trying to was trying to lay the hammer. He was trying to lay the wood on folks, and we're just to the point, you know, where. If it's if it's at the goal line up in Happy Valley in a wideout, oh, you're just dude. supposed to let Kobe McClain's just he's just supposed to let him score. <laughs> you know, hey, don't try to make the tackle, dog. Just let him just let him get across the goal line. Because if you go helmet to helmet, it's not football anymore. It's just weird. No,
0: that was that was the worst one. I mean, it was all shoulder. There's nothing else for him to do. It's either let him score or make the play. I'll never understand that one. And then <laughs> And then he has to miss the whole half of the next game, bro. It, it's yep. that, that's ridiculous. Tim says, Talk shit, get hit. Yeah, that's the way that <laughs> works, baby. That's, that's the way threat. that works. And uh, Junior definitely showed it that day. Blake says, I'll never forget that Bama game when Groves murdered Brody. Yeah, dude. Sack if you honk Brody. Yeah, break in here saying honk if you. Yeah, listen to it. That was. Uh, that was a good day. That was, um, that was oh. a good. Day. We could have, we could have beat them by a lot more, man. We should have beat them boys by 40 that day. I want to get back
1: to those days, though, where we were elite and we were winning and the fan base wasn't always at each other's necks and we weren't arguing every day and we were going to big time bowl games, Dustin. And I just want to get back to that. I want to feel that again in Auburn football.
0: Yeah. I think that's where a lot of you, when you talk about the fan base, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. It's just that everyone's just hungry to win. Uh, mm-hmm. KH says, I miss Tracy Rocker, Quentin Groves, and Nick Faley. Yeah, definitely, definitely some OGs that, um, there's some Auburn legends. And I think they're, I think you're getting guys like that. I think you've recruited some guys that have the potential to be like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, KH is just going to take some time. And, and you you probably know you know you know this, but you just gotta stack the classes and then some of them will hit, some of them won't. That's the way that it works. But you gotta stack classes full of blue chips. That's it. Auburn got Auburn got to this place where a lot of people start to say, Well, stars don't matter. And and Rod, Roger McQuery, well, he was a three-star that panned out, and it's like, Yeah, yeah, they they did miss on Roger, but they don't miss on a lot of guys too. And you can't show me a single team not one that consistently competes for national championships that doesn't have a very high blue chip ratio, that's, that does, that's not loaded with four and five stars, and you know as well you're not winning in the SEC if you don't have those up front. We Blake, how, how instant of an impact were, were two blue chips on each side of the line of scrimmage last year? Keldrick Falk, true freshman, cool. Connor Liu, True freshmen, did they not step into their position immediately and were almost better than any of the upperclassmen in the room? Is that coincidence or were they not top recruits, bro?
1: Look, a lot of people go and watch these kids play. And like Dustin said, they miss very little. Okay. Very little. Now, you can throw, you can throw Byron Coward in that mix as a miss. All right. He just just didn't pan out. Things didn't work his way. It is what it is. But college football is one on Jimmy's and Joe's. Then it's X's and O's. Look at Georgia. I'll point them out. You want to look at a program that turned it around really quickly, and how did they turn it around? Go look at every person that come out of Georgia under Kirby Smart in the NFL now, they've had, they've had a couple backs and everything like that. But you look at the dogs on defense. Where are they at? In the trenches, dog. In the trenches. On that D-line. Linebacker. All right? Dogs. That's how they turned it around. They took Stetson Bennett. All right? Kirby wasn't worried about offense. Kirby said, hey, we got to get right at the line of scrimmage. If you want to go toe-to-toe with Alabama – we got to get right at the line of scrimmage. And that's what he did. He went and got dogs, five stars, blue chip athletes. He wasn't in Nebraska battling for a two-star or a three-star, all right? And you and your dad can call Paul Feinbaum all he wants, and he can say, well, my son, he'll he'll turn him into a five-star. Yeah. Like Dustin said, the Roger McCrary's only come around so often. Period. It is it's just it's it's slim out there. It doesn't happen often. And you gotta be you look at recruiting every year, Dustin. I know Dustin follows it ridiculously close. But all of those top ten programs, what, eight of them are in the hunt for the college football playoff at the end of the year. I think Miami, Miami might be the exception. And A and M. And A and M. There you go. Uh, Penn State—they're winning ten games a year. Yep. Uh, you, you look Ohio State—they're—they're they're there every year. They're Are eleven. The two teams and one. Penn
0: State can't beat, Blake. The two teams yep. that recruit better than them in the Big Ten.
1: That's it. So that—that's what it takes. That's what it takes. You got to get on the trail.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anonymous talking about that Iron Bowl back in the day says backup and walk-ons got sacks that day. Yeah. <laughs> 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 brad saying definitely no drop off to us and that's the point man It's i i don't want to belittle or put down guys that the upperclassmen that have been on the roster for a while um and you can definitely get the guys that as they come in and they develop over the years by the time they become upperclassmen you know they jump and i know that marcus harris we didn't recruit him originally out of high school but he's a guy that came from kansas wasn't this huge name right and then he developed Auburn coaches, did a good job of developing Marcus Harris, and now he's set to get drafted into the NFL. You have those, but you got to have these guys like Connor Liu and Keldrick Falk where, yep. I mean, when the people that watched Connor Liu play, all the recruiting analysts, they all said, this might be one of the best centers in the country. This might be one of the best centers in high school. Go back and read his, his scouting reports from when he was a senior. A lot of guys said, this is a guy that can step in immediately and contribute. And that's why I was so high on him, Blake, because I'm like, well, you know, and I, I've seen a little bit of him. And I'm like, look, the guys that really watch this guy every day at these camps, and they're all saying it's it's in unison. It's all that they're all saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then And then let's be real about it. He was better than Avery Jones. Yeah. He, yeah, Avery Jones got the nod because he probably he, he earned it. He's an upperclassman and all that. He was probably the more experienced guy in camp and, and knew what to do and all that kind of stuff. But as Lou got in there and got some reps over there at guard and all, and got adjusted, bang, right in. And I think we improved at that spot. So same thing over there on the defensive line. Keldrick Falk, you just saw by about midseason they were like, "All right, bro, you're a starter. You're a guy that we're going to have to uh, depend on." I mean. I brought up the example a couple of times since the Iron Bowl. He got hurt one play, and they were like, no, sir, true freshman, you got to get back out there if we yeah. want to have any chance of staying in this game. So it's just one of them deals, man, where those kind of guys that you can plug in, ask true freshmen to contribute, and to, um, to Blake's point earlier, Blake Patterson's point earlier, about needing true freshmen to step up and play and be productive this year and contribute, you got to just keep stacking these classes, man. You got to see where these guys were, like Brad says. There's no drop off. They come in and it's okay. I'm ready to go. Yep. And and Dustin,
1: a big thing to me is <clears throat> I saw SEC Mike do a show and he said that Auburn was going nine and three. And I think this is what Dustin and I keep trying to put out there is is we're going to have babies on the field. I like to call them pups. You're going to have pups out there. Now, they're going to be good, and, and they're going to bring productivity to this team, but they're still going to be freshmen, and they're going to make freshman mistakes. And there's going to be some games where you're like, oh, man, he just didn't show up today, just like you were with Keldrick. All right? Early on in the year, Dustin said, hey, it's going to take him about three or four games to really get in there and, and get his feet wet and get used to college football, but we're sitting here, and we're looking at it, and we're saying, okay, we're going to be young. We're going to be young. I know everybody's excited about wide receiver. We're still going to be young.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, do I think there is a possibility that Auburn could win nine games? I do. Do I think it happens? No, I don't. Because of that, we're gonna be young and we're gonna have a lot of babies on the field. And so I think we're just trying to to say, hey, maybe, maybe step back and everybody screaming 10 and 2. We went through it last year. Dustin, did we not? I mean, we were on here and people in the summer, you know, and, and we love you. We love you. Ain't no doubt about it. But yeah, both hard. 10 and 2, 10 and 2. Auburn's winning 10 games. And me and Dustin were like, "No, we're not. We're not. We're winning seven, and we still didn't even get it right. right. So it's uh, you know, we even did a whole episode about how we how we could go eight and four, but that was kind of the cutoff. We're just gonna be young, so we gotta we gotta kind of roll it back a little bit.
0: Yeah, Martin agrees with us. He says I'll feel good about a six and six season as long as the youth are getting the reps." Yeah, Because 25,
1: it's 25 that you're really shooting for. And I know we we talked about it the other night is we live in an era now where everybody's, you know, after uh, somebody commented the other night and said, well, after two years, if you're not doing your job, then you get fired, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Man, you got to have more than two years. All right. This isn't everyday, this isn't an everyday workplace. All right. Because if it was an everyday workplace, you wouldn't even get two years, Dustin. All right. I mean, <laughs> uh this is college football. Like Dustin always talks about in recruiting, you gotta stack classes. You gotta let a guy get his people in there and get his get his work ethic in there. Um and you know, I've pointed out numerous programs that have gotten it right, and it's took longer than two years. So we just gotta be patient a little bit. Let them puppies grow.
0: Yeah. And you know, I see um our guy, Brett makes a good he's talking about let me find your comment, Brett. He was talking about the uh, Pat die classes. He says, anybody remember Pat die's recruiting classes or have ever looked him up. He had top recruiting classes and put more in the NFL than most everybody. He has some dogs, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Bo Jackson stands out for one, right? Uh, that's a that's a pretty important recruiting battle that he won early on that kind of changed the fortunes of Auburn football and uh, the Pat Dye era. But, you know, I would say this, Brett, Gus has some good recruiting classes. What hurt Gus in those recruiting classes? Because he was always like top 12. He never really came outside of top 12. It kind of sort of falling off towards the end. What hurt Gus was one, he never really nailed the quarterback in any of those classes. You know, picking Sean White over Lamar Jackson kind of stands out. Um, and then a lot of those classes were built off of like four and five or, or four star players at skill positions, but you didn't hit in the trenches. So, the classes looked good on paper, but in the positions that you needed to hit on, he didn't hit on. In the position that you needed to have depth in, you never really had any depth in. And that's why, as Gus's tenure went on, even though the recruiting classes by average and by ranking on paper looked pretty good, it was really fool's gold. Because, again, I think there was a lot of receivers there for a while that were highly recruited, that were highly touted, highly rated recruits that didn't get developed in Gus Malzon's offense. That makes the class look good. Kyle Davis makes your class ranking look good. Nate Craig Myers makes your class ranking look good. And then they come to the school and they don't do shit. So, you know, it just gets to that point, man, where, and then what Pat Dye did was he recruited recruit them, you know. You get Bo Jackson and recruit them and get these guys and turn them and put a system around these guys. So that's what Hugh, now Hugh is recruiting at a level that's higher than what Gus Malzahn did. It's a step above what Gus did, especially in the trenches. But, so now the question of development comes in. Can Hugh develop them enough? Like Blake said, it's Jimmy's and Joe's first. You gotta have the guys to even execute the X's and O's. X's and O's don't make a damn if you ain't got the guys to get open. You can call it a great play if receiver doesn't beat the DB off the line because you got a three-star receiver that you beat Illinois and Michigan State out for. It's not going to matter. Now, you get a Cam Coleman that you beat the country out for, and all of a sudden, that great play works. So, I hear you, Brett. Um, we all love, obviously, what Hugh's been doing in recruiting. So, yeah, it just it comes down to these position coaches now. Marcus Davis, you did a great job recruiting him. You know, but I think back, and, I, I'm not, and I'm not, hear me now, I'm not saying this is who Marcus Davis is. It's just an example. I'm playing devil's advocate. We've seen a guy in Danny and Craig that can recruit a whole bunch of dogs, but they stay puppies. He recruits them, he recruits them, them, them high dollar puppies, them, them 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 true blood pit bulls, Blake, that everybody wants, and they stay puppies. He does a good job of finding them. They'll never grow into dogs. So that's the question for Marcus Davis now. Can they grow into dogs? Josh Aldridge was his awesome linebacker class that he brought in. And I feel comfortable about that one, right, because we saw Eugene take a jump. We saw him get the most. I think he got the most out of a guy like Larry Nixon last year. So all those guys, Um, I know you're really high on D.J. Durkin. Let's talk about that before we get out of here, Blake, just as we kind of wrap up our discussion here on defensive line. How much of a role do you think D.J. Durkin is going to play into the development of these guys? And then speaking on development, because – And then, obviously, recruiting them in the future and just kind of building up Auburn's defensive line and getting it back to the place where it's got to be at if we're going to compete with Georgia and Alabama.
1: Well, that was my biggest thing when he was hired is I said, hey, he always had really solid fronts. He always had really, really solid front sevens. He really progressed at Ole Miss. He got to A&M. They were one of the best fronts in the country. Like, they were dominant. They whipped our ass. You know, I mean, like, he he always brought great linebacker play, and he was always solid up front at the line of scrimmage. So, that was my biggest thing with the hire is he can develop players. The proof is in the pudding. It's there. And for those that don't believe in D.J. Durkin and don't want to give him the the fair shake, just do your research and, and you know, stop being mad over everything. I like, uh, you know, if you want to be mad over that, then be mad at Brian Kelly. So, Mm. you know, uh, I think, I think he deserves his opportunity. I think he has these kids excited. I think they're really guys like Eugene are wanting to teach these young kids like a DJ barber that we really haven't talked about, uh, I I think those guys are looking at D.J. Durkin and Eugene Asante and Austin Keys and even Josh Aldridge. You know, I mean, them two together, in my opinion, are going to be just absolutely nasty. D.J. Durkin and Josh Aldridge, I know Josh moved, but those two are going to be filthy, and I'm excited to see it. And I think that's why a lot of people don't believe that D.J. will be at Auburn very long because he is talented i like it i I love the back the back end charles kelly crime dog i'm i'm excited but we are gonna have to have pups step up and that's what i love to call them so yeah for sure
0: it's all at this point man like we said hugh freeze and the staff is bringing them in the next question is can they develop? And this spring, defensive line is really a position that I'm going to have my eyes on. Uh, we got some comments, Star, that I want to get to. But before we do, I'll tell you what else is filthy, Blake. This gear over here at the Barner Supply Company. Look, guys, the link is in the description. Um, they got a ton of stuff. they got a big shipment coming in, so they're fully stocked up over there. I absolutely love the hat on the far right here, and uh, they just got those in. got mine on the way. So listen, guys, go over to Barnard Supply Company, check them out. Uh, Click on that link specifically because it'll help us out as well. It'll let them know that you heard about them from us. Look at these hoodies right here. Just clean, clean stuff. So definitely go over there and support those guys and it will support us as well. And then Blake, we dropped a lot of content this week for the members, man. I think like, Five videos just for the members, so if you love the show, definitely go over there. You got the $3.99 a month for the JV, the five ninety nine dollars a month for the varsity squad. Um, I'm dropping recruiting reaction videos, recruiting update videos. Going to do some basketball stuff here soon. If you're a baseball guy, last week Blake went out and, and dropped a preview show and damn near nailed all his predictions on the lineup, who would be doing what, so – a ton of inside information there as well. So if you love the show, man, I'm telling you, it's like (laughs) we put out – we put out more member pods last week than we did regular shows. So we're really dropping the content, man. So if you're interested in that, go check that out. Uh, We would love to have you. Let me get to the last-second comments. Before we get out of here, Auburn is still up 3-1 to in the baseball game, and I want to finish it up. What you got, brother? I just
1: wanted to throw this in there real quick. Uh, Friday night, we play in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, We're playing in the Jacks Baseball Classic. I will be there. I will be dropping content Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, so I'm, I'm coming home Monday morning, making the trip back to Mobile. So I, I'm excited about that and to watch this Auburn baseball team. So if you're interested in Auburn baseball, be looking out for it.
0: Yes, sir. Blake will be in Jacksonville all weekend covering the team, so definitely be on the lookout in your feed. Tim says Auburn baseball is going to be a problem. You're damn right. And, Tim, I'll tell you this, as long as Butch Thompson, is running the show. Auburn baseball going to be a problem? I was, I would argue, we just getting started. Blake, Karen Parker says, hit that thumbs up. Absolutely. If you have not subscribed to the channel, please do that. Uh, I can't really get into too much detail, but I'm telling y'all, stay tuned. We got some fun stuff on the way. Some different kind of content that's a little outside of this lane right here. Uh, we're yeah. definitely working on some stuff. We're cooking up some stuff behind the scenes, man. We're, and we're we're really really excited about it. Uh, Blake Patterson says, Blake, Auburn fans are crazy, or a lot of them i seen on Saturday after just losing our sixth game. They were calling for BP's job. The basketball coach Auburn has – the best basketball coach Auburn has ever had. They will kill Hugh Freeze next season, he's saying, if things start going south next year. Basically what Blake's saying here is that me and you can preach patience all we want, but we might just be yelling at a wall uh, with some of these Auburn fans. Well, here's the thing.
1: you look what what way would you want it what way would you want it all right i know josh heupel all right i know josh heupel had Hendon hooker and tennessee went 10 and 2 in year two and it was oh man tennessee's back what happened this year is tennessee back are they are they back were they really back dustin
0: i mean they're they're definitely on more solid footing. I mean, it depends on what your definition of back is. Like, I would yeah. say they made the right higher and, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. right higher. Ready.
1: They lost to Florida.
0: I mean, what's your, what's your definition of back, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, they lost to Florida. Yeah,
0: um, you know how I feel about Florida.
1: Yeah, and Joe Milton was their guy. So, you know, or do you want it the Mizzou way? Do you want to be absolutely, you know, just – in the cellar and 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 grind your way to the top and then hey guess what you're in the cotton bowl in year 4 hmm. I mean we, we just got to be patient we just got to be patient because now look at look at Missouri dog they're bringing in they just brought in one of the best wide receivers in the country and kid is an absolute problem Luther Burden is a problem That's a fact. and all it takes is one guy all it takes is a Cam Coleman, a Perry Thompson, and others want to follow. So Hugh did that. We just gotta, we we gotta be patient. I know losing to New Mexico State sucks, but I can tell you this. It's happened to every big program. It's happened to every big program out there, Dustin. And and not one, not one can sit there and say it hasn't happened to. Because it's, it's, it, we avoided it for years.
0: And we skated people, it for a while. We,
1: yeah. Pe- people just thought it was a surprise. Look, it was coming because we flirted with it for so long. So it was eventually coming and we got bit, but we, we're going to be all right. I'm telling you, we're we going to be just fine.
0: You remember Utah State 2011? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Remember it like it was yesterday. Oh,
1: man. Look at Georgia State. That's
0: recent. That's yeah. recent. I mean, we flirted with it. Yeah, uh, Thomas Thomas, and by the way, Thomas says, Keep yelling patience, even the walls of Jericho fell down. I hear you, baby. I'll keep, I will keep walking around and yelling Then give me a horn, Thomas, and I'll blow it. Um, congratulations, our guy Thomas got engaged this week, man. So I gotta definitely give Thomas a shout out, brother. Uh, congratulations to you, congratulations to your fiance. She picked a good one, I'm sure that you did as well, man. So, uh, I'm wishing you and yours. A nice, long, healthy life, brother. You know that we love you and that we appreciate all of your support, man. Uh, Blake, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here, buddy? Chris Stanfield's on fire. That's my final thought, <laughs> dude. Stroking the baseball, he's, he's an absolute better. stud.
1: The dance, the dance, uh, the Chris, uh, love that, Stanfield, baby.
0: Yeah, Connie says, uh, Tubbs was better at developing them for sure. Connie, look, you know, um, the coach. The coach. I don't know nothing about what's going on now, and I, I mean that sincerely. I literally don't know nothing about politics. Um, I just laugh at it. But the coach, Tommy Tuberville, yes, yep, that's my guy. That's the best I've seen Auburn. Right? That's the most consistent I've seen Auburn in my lifetime. So I love me some Tubbs. Um, that's my coach. Tubbs is my coach. Thank you, Tubbs, for all the memories for her. knowing that I was going to, we were going to step on that field to compete with LSU. Knowing we were going to step on that field to compete with Georgia. Knowing we were going to step on that field and compete with Alabama. Knowing that when the number two Florida was coming into our building, it wasn't going to mean a damn thing. Knowing that when the whole country picked us to lose in the swamp, it didn't mean a damn thing. But Tubbs was that guy, man. We knew that in the biggest moment uh, we were going to play Auburn football. And when we lost Connie, we lost playing Auburn football. And that's something that's what that's what got me so out of myself the Penn State game was I looked at my little brother and said am I am I watching this is this what I'm watching with my eyes in this stadium this is half like there this is auburn this is where we're at so yeah, man, much love for Tubbs because them, thems was the days, and we're hoping to get back to them. Uh, I appreciate all y'all joining the show tonight. We will be back Friday as always. No live show this Saturday. As of now, we don't have one planned because like, uh, Blake will be in Jacksonville covering the baseball team. So uh, I appreciate all y'all, man. Members, stay on the lookout. We got more stuff dropping for you guys this week. Uh Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button on the way out. bonus supply link in the description go check out their stuff man they've got a tons and tons of new merchandise over there use that link we love all of y'all war damn eagle it's, uh if you have not tuned in sec network plus get over there it's the bottom of the six support auburn baseball we'll see you guys friday afternoon man war damn eagle
1: war damn baby